is the place where your dreams come true. It is Brian's world. So listen. I've done my best work when we rap, and I'm like, okay, see y'all tomorrow morning. And they're like, no, that's it. We rap. The show is over. You're like, oh, really? Oh, wow. Stay in the zone, in the process, and I found that more results will come your way. That is a clip from uh, the School of Greatness podcast uh, with Lewis House, a podcast that I just started uh, listening to and I actually enjoyed it. And Matthew McConaughey was on uh, last week, I believe, the top of last week. And it was a very powerful episode just about Matthew McConaughey's story and kind of how he got to where he is today. But some of the things that, you know, we don't necessarily hear about. Um, like publicly You know what I mean like, th- like these are some of the things That he went through To get to where he is today And some of, and, and some of the things He had to fight through To get there And uh, it, when he was speaking About the zone I just couldn't Like I just I tapped all the way in Like <laughs> Like you ever be like Listening to something Or you or you watching something And you really get into it And you like lean in close And then you realize Like dang I'm like really close to the screen That's what I was doing <laughs> That's what I was doing Because I first saw it On uh, First saw the clip on YouTube uh, oh, actually, I'm sorry. I first saw the clip on Instagram, then I went to YouTube to see if I could find video interview, and I did find it, but I didn't finish it. So when I got in the car, I subscribed to the podcast and listened to it on the way to work, and it was just really dope. I know it's a long story, just to, you know, uh, but anyways, you get what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, he was talking about the zone, and he, and he was mentioning how some of his best moments are when he is literally just focused on getting a task done he used a great example of how um some great golfers they'll hit all 18 holes on a golf course like and and then like never look up like they just go from hole one hole two hole three hole four like they don't care about the score they don't care about what the other golfers doing they don't care about like the crowd that's there depending on if it's like a big tournament they don't care about uh it's gonna sound crazy but they're not tripping over the rules that i mean they're cheating it just means they're not under the pressure of them but i'll get to that later but um like those golfers some of those best golfers they have some of those best games they just go through 18 holes and look up at the end like wow we're done is there more like because i can do more <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like you just you just put you like imagine those golfers just literally going from one hole to another just focused just in the zone just not really talking not really you know just and just good hit after good hit you know or speaking of matthew mcconaughey's example he says that some of his best work, you know, on, on films and on sets is when he just performs and comes back the next day and performs and comes back the next day and performs and just keeps outdoing himself. And then he looks up and he's like, oh, we're, we're done. You don't have to come back tomorrow. The movie's over. You did a great job. I, th- I mean, I just thought I just thought that was really dope. And I, and I, I thought that what what it reminded me of is something that we've talked about on last season which is you know tunnel vision kind of my version of tunnel vision but like you know i'm just i'm wired a little bit differently i'm not gonna lie i I like to hear examples from uh what celebrities go through and 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 kind of how uh they become who they are today so um 
you know, it's a little bit different this time around because Matthew McConaughey is sharing his story. So it's all about tunnel vision and it's all about getting in the zone and it's all about honing in on whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is that we want to do. It's kind of like just where I'm at right now. Like personally speaking, since this is about life experiences, you know, my thing right now is, you know, I want to focus on radio. I want to focus on getting my next book out. I'm not really adhering to the noise. Hold on to that word because we're going to talk about that. I'm not really adhering to the noise that's around those goals. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really like I, I'm trying to get out of the arena of looking up while I'm working, you know, looking around while I'm driving. Like I'm trying to get out of that. I'm trying to get out of the overcalculation. I just feel like it holds us back. You know, I'm just trying to get out of just trying to, uh, Tap into this algorithm, <laughs> tap into this, tap into that, researching this, reading about like how to do that, how to market, how to, I'm tired, you know, no, I'm tired of all of that. I think we get to a, a promise that was not like an explosion or something. They're doing construction across the street. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm still here. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that, that that is a beautiful place to be where you can just, you know, I don't even want to say work, but where you can like passionately tap into what you want to do there we go because work that that word work like we've we've done some bad things with that word you know but when you can passionately tap into what you want to do yo i just that's just a good place to be you just every day you just wake up in the zone doing what you want to do not necessarily looking up looking around or, or you know trying to calculate different things you're just doing what god made you to do or for the atheist you're just doing what comes natural to you there you go um so for me, like I was saying, you know, I want to just do radio. I want to, and, and starting with radio, I don't really care about the social media anymore. I think I mentioned that last week. <laughs> I want to do radio, but in radio, I've gotten distracted by everything else. I've gotten distracted. It's like now it's not really just about me talking on the radio, which is something that I've done for 11 years. Now it's about talking on the radio and trying to get a good picture while having somebody record a video of it and then tapping into the algorithm and posting it a certain way, using multiple hashtags and trying to reach multiple people. Like now that's that. Or forget social media, right? Here's something else that I deal with when trying to focus on radio. You, you've, and, and I want you to hold on to this because this is one of the, the noises. We're going to get into noise free in a minute. Um, when I'm on the radio, some of my best moments are when I'm literally kind of like this, kind of like where I am at home. Just, you know, just talking, just got my feet up and just enjoying itself. The music comes on. Sometimes it goes off, you know, but um, in radio, uh, uh, so, like some of the people that have taught me radio, some of the people that continuously, quote unquote, teach me radio, um, you know, they throw all these different unwritten rules at you. Things that like really ain't necessarily true. <laughs> like people don't want to hear you talk. I don't think that that's true because the podcast world is amazing. Um, you can't say this about that. You can't say that about this. You know, don't talk over this amount of time. Make sure you say this to bring them around on the other side make sure you do this to keep people listening like it's just seriously that's nothing compared to what it really is like i really could write a book on just the quote-unquote unwritten rules of radio but all of those rules are one unproven two are private opinion of a multitude of like 
different quote unquote personalities and in that private opinion they all it just be different opinions it just be a bunch of like really how you do radio kind of depends on where you work at that's just how it is um i've done radio different in every city that i've been on because of my boss you know because of who's in charge and because of you know their taste of radio if you will but you get lost in that you know you get lost in trying to like read all these unwritten rules while talking to millions of people you get lost in that and honestly speaking so you know i just sometimes you know i I, I may focus more on those rules and hear myself back on the radio and just be like man nah like i'm calculating i'm thinking i'm not just in the zone i'm uncomfortable there's so much anxiety so many things to think about i want to just get back to the zone of putting my head down and just doing radio just going to work when i gotta go to work and kicking it with my people yo on the radio on the box just chilling think about you know it's just so many things to like i think about people in ministry you know it's so many quote-unquote unwritten rules that are traditional they're just wrapped in tradition and i guess i have a soft spot for it because um you know that's that's a big part of my life a very big part of my life i can't run from that even if i even if i wanted to even when i tried i couldn't I couldn't run from it you know but there's so many personal opinions that's tapped into minute or that, that's in in embedded in ministry that you know i could just imagine the headaches that you know ministers today face and you know the things that prevent them from getting in the zone of really communicating and reaching people of really communicating and helping people of being there for people being a spinning image of the good works of jesus sorry atheist i should have told you you can you can go to the kitchen and go get some chips real quick (laughs) i should i should have said that (laughs) um but no i just be thinking about stuff like that or or uh Think about the difference between some of our favorite athletes and some of the athletes that have let us down. Sorry, I can't hit the mic. Um, this year in particular, right? I haven't seen much of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, if you, if you don't know him, he's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, but I'm pretty sure most people who listen to this know it, so I'm not going to say that again. But I haven't seen much of Aaron Rodgers, but I did see like maybe three or four games you know or maybe it'll equal up to like three or four games but i've seen clips of him and this year is different for aaron Rodgers because he just looks like he's in the zone he's just in the zone bro is just like man look i'm a quarterback i am the quarterback i am one of the top quarterbacks in the league i'm just i'm having fun baby i'm here to have fun and it looks like it and honestly you know the, the proof is in the pudding as they used to say the results mimic that because you know the Packers are one of the top teams uh Aaron Rodgers is solidifying himself as literally one of the best quarterbacks that I've seen in my life but last year was very different for Aaron Rodgers last year Aaron Rodgers was very calculated last year I specifically remember him kicking off against well he didn't actually kick off but the Packers and Bears kicked off the season last year and I specifically remember seeing Aaron Rodgers play a terrible game and I, I, I said to myself, like, bro is thinking entirely too hard. 
the game feels different to him. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was. You know, it's a different regime, different coach. Matt LaFleur's first year in Green Bay. Um, it was a year that, uh, I, ooh, if I'm not mistaken, they had, like, like some of the weapons that they used this year, they were new last year. So, you know, the chemistry wasn't necessarily there. And you can kind of see that Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the zone. And the proof is in the pudding. Again, the Packers, they, they were a decent team, but, you know, nobody had them winning the Super Bowl, you know. But um, it's just different this year because Aaron Rodgers is in the zone. I think of a lot of these athletes that, you know, we look up to, that we enjoy. They're just in the zone. Michael Jordan used to just be in the zone. Kobe, just be in the zone. Mama mentality is what he calls it. He don't care about what people saying as he's walking up the court. Honestly speaking, he ain't necessarily care about Phil Jackson's uh, little two cents compared to what Kobe was doing. I mean, you know, I'm just calling the spade a spade. As a matter of fact, that's why Phil Jackson wrote plays up for Kobe. He's like, hey, man, go do your thing, man. Get in the zone. <laughs> I'm going to go in, take your seat. Same thing he said when he was coaching Jordan. The zone, baby. As Matthew McConaughey talks about, man, you just got to just do it. It's like being on lily pads. I remember going to, uh, I know that's so random. <laughs> that is so random. Like, time out real quick. Never in a million years did I ever think I would use the term lily pads. Lily pads. I never thought I would ever say that again. So I'm kind of excited. I kind of want to take a shot. <laughs> um, but no, um, seriously though, I would go to the pool with, um, oh, Amazon just drove by. I think that's my, my coffee. Uh, I would go to the pool with a with the camp that I used to work with, and you know they the pool would have it was this pool called Rolling Crest, Rolling Crest Pool, right? I think it's actually in DC if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they would have like these lily pads, and it was you know you would see people kind of you know uh, hanging on the top, and then just jumping from lily pad to lily pad, lily pad, trying to get over the water. I don't think it was too deep, but it was just something to do, you know. Um, the best, like for me personally, right? I got to a point where I would just go kill them lily pads, my G. Like I'm talking about, I would just run across them joints. I might not even like hold my hand on the on the bars or not the bars, the ropes on top. I might just run through it. Like just <laughs> that's the zone. That is the zone. Like I rem- and that's how you know it's the zone because I remember it like it was yesterday, and I had to be maybe 15. But I remember also falling into the water before that sometimes not even taking the first step on that you know first lily pad took me a while to do it because I was over calculating things I wasn't in quote unquote the zone my fear of water my fear of you know the idea of drowning because I don't know how to swim all of those fears like just came in and sometimes I didn't even take a first step on them things But when you're in a zone, you can just glide across them lily pads as if they're yours, as if you own them. The zone is the place to be. It may be scary at first because of all of the pressure. And this is just me kind of talking to myself per usual. It may be terrifying because of all the pressure that the zone brings because it's like you really don't see anything else but the goal. And I admit that it, that is a little bit, you know, terrifying, at least for me, you know, because it's, you know there's other things happening 
outside of your view. You know it. You feel it. You know, it just is what it is. But you're not focused on it. So it is a little bit terrifying. But getting into that zone, tapping into that zone, like Matthew McConaughey talks about, and like some of our favorite athletes talk about, but I don't have clips of them, so I probably shouldn't mention them. <laughs> but, uh, but like Matthew McConaughey talks about, that zone is literally the place to be. Um, and not only did I equate that to tunnel vision, I also equated that to uh, noise-free travel. Remember that. If you're taking notes, you want to write that down. Noise-free travel. You know what? I might actually put these notes online. I got to figure out a way to do that. I think that would be really, really dope. Because I told you I started um, writing out the episodes, or at least laying out episodes. You know, I still kind of go off the dome with it. But um, maybe I'll maybe I'll post this. But yeah, noise-free travel down your path to success is necessary. That's called the zone. That's another way to look at it. All right? So see the tunnel vision or noise-free. And part of discovering the zone is discovering those distractions, if you will, discovering those things that are um, that create the noise on our journey, you know, discovering those things that Matthew McConaughey was talking about that prevented him from uh, really becoming the actor that he wanted to be in his first couple of go rounds in Hollywood. Those distractions, those things that kind of had him. He like he talked about how he was legit just looked at as a rom-com actor, and he didn't want to do that. It's noise. It's noise. He he silenced the noise <laughs> and focused on him. It took like two years before he got back into work and kind of was doing what he wanted to do. But noise, being noise-free is a uh, part of discovering the zone. So let's look at some of the things that, that I think I have four things actually that I consider as noise. And you can hit me up on Twitter because I took down Instagram for a while. You hit me up on Twitter and let me know um, how you feel about it. But um, let's start with the noise of expectations. I want to read a quote from Alexander Pope. Um, Blessed is he who expects nothing for he shall never be disappointed. Now, I never understood people who limited expectations before. I always thought that it was some type of voodoo, some type of rich witchcraft, some type of just, you know, people just talking, just being scared. But um, I am starting to see that expectations, <sighs> expectations, it's going to sound dramatic, but it is what it is. Expectations do act as prison bars. And the reason being is because the older I get, I'm starting to see that some things just happen organically and just have to happen organically. Some things just grow the way that the universe wants them to grow. It just is what it is. But in my personal situations, my personal experiences, even even with um, even with radio, you know, like I'm not going to lie to you. I did. I had like 11 years in. I did not expect it to look like this. By now, I would want to be doing <laughs> doing morning radio in my hometown of dc you know what i'm saying i didn't expect it to look like this but by letting it grow organically i've gone through buffalo i've gone through indianapolis um I'm, i've gone through baltimore and i've met so many beautiful people that have provided so many you know, some experiences but necessarily beautiful but <laughs> have provided me so many experiences that made me who i am today and also um going through those cities i have been able to speak to certain people that I would not have met or spoken with or talked to if I had done it my way, if I had done it according to my expectations. 
And another reason why expectations kind of serve as a bit of noise, if you will, is that when things don't meet those expectations or you can kind of see that the journey isn't necessarily going how you want it to go. Like if we we already like on the move, you know, headed towards a headed towards, you know, our success or our visions of success and the things we want to accomplish. And then things start to go not even necessarily wrong. You see, that's the thing about expectations. When things go different, we automatically jump to say that it's wrong. But sometimes different is right. Sometimes how we see it or how we saw it or how we uh, expected the quote unquote process to go on. Sometimes that's wrong. A lot of times, I mean, majority of the times that's wrong because organic is just right to me that's just you know i would love to hear views on that if you disagree with that hit me up on twitter at brian james live but when things don't match up to our expectations i know for me personally sometimes it has crippled me like i said sometimes like i like i start to see things are going quote unquote wrong when really they're going different i internalize that internalize those moments and sometimes I take it as a sign that I shouldn't continue on the journey. And then everything's over. Everything's done now. Because <laughs> I'm out of it. I'm done. It didn't, it didn't go how I quote unquote expected it to go. So I stopped letting it grow. It's like you plant a seed in the ground and you kind of, you, you're like, all right, well, hopefully it grows a little more to the right. Because if it goes to the left and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the seeds start growing to the left just a little bit. And it's like, I just I pull the whole thing up. It's over. Forget it. But who knew what that seed was going to become? It just wanted to grow in its own way, you know? So when, when, those, expect, when those expectations aren't met, it does become noise because it, it, it tears us up emotionally. Um, maybe not all of us. Maybe you're stronger than me. Congratulations. Kudos. We'll be giving out stickers in the back. But, you know, when those expectations don't go right, sometimes it tears us up emotionally. It tears us up um, in terms of uh, momentum-wise. Uh, it tears us up in uh, having that passion and that zeal for achieving the goal. It exhausts us when things don't match up to those expectations. And I think goals are different than expectations. Expectations are very like, look, I'm a, like for me, look, I'm a re restart my Instagram and I'm gonna be up to 5,000 followers by November 1st. Guess what? That's tomorrow. <laughs> Nah. So when things don't go right, it's like, well, deflated, completely deflated. And that's part of the reason why I don't have an Instagram right now. I know things have changed in a week. Like, wow. But, you know, yeah, like this part of the reason why I don't have Instagram right now is because those expectations completely crippled my morale, completely crippled my morale. To the point where I needed a break. And it's true. I mean, you know. Somebody mentioned it to me earlier this week. Maybe you're just not an Instagram person. Instagram may just not be a thing. That's very, very true. But it's funny that even trying to live up to those quote unquote expectations of not just Instagram, but those expectations of what it looks like to be a radio host or those unwritten rules of radio that say I got to have an Instagram. Trying to live up to those expectations. I guess you see that was a distraction. Because if Twitter or if something else is really my thing, then I should have been on that the whole time, right? So, you know, 
take care of those of, of the noise of expectations have something to look forward to i mean and that's what i'm doing i'm, I'm going I'm, I'm going to say okay i want to accomplish x y and z however i get to those points is however i get to those points but i want to accomplish x y and z if i meet you know <laughs> certain people along the way then it is what it is if me accomplishing those goals takes me halfway across the country to friggin utah or something which which would be very <laughs> that that's i would not expect that but <laughs> i guess that's the whole point of it but even if it takes me to utah i'm going we have to eliminate the noise of expectations because it will cripple uh our success another bit of noise that we have to eliminate um is public opinion public opinion you know i i also find myself very susceptible to the public opinions uh very well to the opinions of the quote-unquote peanut gallery as uh, my family my, my southern family would say um and one thing that i've noticed with myself is that when i begin to really turn up the volume on those public opinions looking in the mirror is very painful When I begin to turn up the volume on those public opinions, I no longer notice myself in my reflection. And the reason being is because, you know, let's say Monday, somebody says, well, hey, uh, your podcast is too long. Okay. And I, I turn up the volume on that, listen to it, and I may put out a 10 minute podcast. Then on Tuesday, somebody says, hey, um, you shouldn't mention God anymore, like period. So then I say, okay, I'm going to take God out. Sounds crazy to say, but I'm going to take God out of it. Wednesday, they say, hey, um, it kind of makes me feel weird when you like reference food because it makes me hungry. <laughs> so don't talk about food no more on the podcast. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I guess I'll take food references out. <laughs> Then Thursday, somebody says, I don't watch sports, so don't mention sports on your podcast and you'll be good. Okay, cool. So no food, no sports, no God. And it has to be like 10 minutes. <laughs> and then Friday, you know, somebody's like, hey, um, I wish you cursed a little bit more on your podcast. It makes you feel like, makes me makes it feel like it's real. It feels like it's alive and you feel edgy and da 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 da. You should do it. I would love to listen to it. I wouldn't miss an episode. Okay, so now I'm cursing. By Saturday, when I listen to my podcast, I don't know who I am. This is hypothetical. This didn't happen, obviously, but it does feel like that, though, sometimes. You know, it does feel like, you know, uh, when you got the volume up on that public opinion and you really are attaching yourself to everything, everybody else's expectations, that's what it is. But when you're really attaching yourself to the noise of that public opinion, man, it is so hard to hear yourself. It is so hard to see yourself. When you look in the mirror and you just see everybody else's image of you. Who are you? I'm not going to lie to you. I have to ask myself that multiple times a day because all of this is new to me. 
I've been a people pleaser majority of my life and I'm just now coming out of that. But I'm starting to see that the noise of public opinion really cripples who you are. It really chisels away at the artistry that God tapped into to, to create you. Like it really chisels away at it. Chip by chip. Because you, you change at every corner to be accepted by people. Who are you? Who are we? Are we living for other people and their expectations? Are we allowing them to create our lives? I can tell you that's what it's felt like for me majority of my life, but you know, as, as a people pleasing person, sometimes you just lay down and just like, I didn't live a single minute of this day. I literally just went from what this person wanted me to do, what that person wanted me to do, what that person wanted me to do, what that person wanted me to do, until I lay down, wake up, and do it again. The noise of public opinion was so loud and can be so loud that I can't even hear my own passion. That I can't even really hear God's plan for me. That I can't hear the plan that is on my life in general I was trying to think of something for the atheist but it just it didn't work out that's as best as I got I'm sorry <laughs> the noise of public opinion man dangerous I got it written down right here their opinions may be venomous why because I mean you really don't know the intentions of those opinions some people self well not self-sabotage but some people sabotage who you are by throwing out piss poor opinions of you to, to kind of like you know cripple you and box you in and make you feel a little uneasy about yourself and keep you uncomfortable so that you can never really get in the zone keeps you tapped into that public opinion thing you know what I mean the noise of public opinion let's let's turn it down a bit Moving on to number three, I kind of mentioned this when I talked about radio, the noise of formality. Everything we do is, well, first of all, has been done before and has been done multiple times. So nine times out of 10, whether you are, whether you have aspirations to be the best trash man in the world, or whether you have aspirations to be a gazillionaire, there's a certain formality that is kind of laid out before you to make that happen. Like I mentioned, when I go to work, I have certain formal unwritten rules and all of that stuff, like certain things, like certain formalities that I have to adhere to. It's not just cutting, hitting the button and then just talking. It's like talking and thinking about a million things that can go wrong, but trying to stay calm. 
I think back to, and this is kind of what made me think of this, Matthew McConaughey's example of that golfer. There's so, especially with professional golfing, there's so many little details to like daily operations that I feel like those golfers have to know, you know, and, and, and have to like, well, if the wind is blowing at three miles an hour, make sure you do this and do that. And then you got to use this putter and this wedge and this blah, 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 and hit it this way and then walk over here and then go over there and then wait for the next golfer to move. And the, like all those formalities can throw you off when you're playing golf, especially because of the concentration that's necessary to play golf. I haven't played golf in a long time, but I never will forget the type of sport it is. It is a very concentration heavy sport. Very. I think that's why it's so taxing on the body. You know, like you put yourself through a lot to play 18 holes of golf. But I feel like those very bold lines of formality limits the creativity. It creates a script where there isn't a script needed. Like back to my radio example, don't curse on the radio is a lot different than saying, you know, hey, you should talk like this and then go like this and then go like that. Because people respond to this. People respond to that because they like this. They showed it. All those formalities just, I don't know what that was. All those formalities tap into the creativity that I have when I get on the radio and I just want to talk about how somebody hit my car and see if anybody else had their car hit too in the city of Baltimore. And what did you do about it? Are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? Let's share some experiences and then play some music. There's multiple ways to skin a cat. Never forget that um, my grandparents used to say that. There's multiple ways to get it done. But sometimes the noise of formality kind of puts us in this shell if you will it kind of puts us in this cell this jail if you will where you gotta follow literally the guidelines to the quote-unquote success but success is not one size fits all and she doesn't look the same in every room success looks different for everybody even within the same industry so how can we have all these formalities that kind of cripple us and puts us in the same boat, but success looks different for everybody. I'm not saying completely ignore the rules. You're not gonna turn on the radio tonight and hear me cussing up a storm, but I'm gonna have fun. My best moments when I'm just having fun. I can tell you already, I, even though I don't know some of you, but your best moments when you're just having fun. I really do think that people can hear you think. I really do think that people can see our minds working a little bit too hard where we really should just be organically succeeding and getting in the zone and just doing what we were made to do. Sometimes the noise of formality gets in the way. I can imagine all the distractions of that Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey had to deal with or has to deal with on set in Hollywood. All those formalities of, you know, how much money is this? Like, is it going to be $50 million in one cent or $50 million in two cents? Did we get the extra penny? Right, you're trying to read a script for a, a possible Oscar-worthy film. 
I can just imagine the headaches, the formalities of acting. As a matter of fact, the formalities is is kind of what crippled Matthew McConaughey in that rom-com era of his career. And that's why he got tired of it. He said he got pigeonholed into the same uh, characters, the same rom-com white guy on the beach with no shirt on characters. He said he got tired of it. They tried to make him color inside the lines, man. Sometimes, you know, art don't really necessarily, like, you ain't got to just color inside the lines. You can scribble a little bit. You can make your own little artwork. Take the lines away and just draw your own masterpiece, baby. That's what he did. Took two years off until somebody came to him with a script that he wanted, a script that he felt like he can do, that he had the range, as they say in Hollywood, to do. And he pulled it off, and he is one of the most successful actors that we've seen in our generation. It's not about ignoring the rules, but it is about identifying the noise of formality and turning it down. That way, we can get into the zone. This is the last one, and this is something that I have uh, mentioned earlier, and I mentioned it you know, quite a few times, but the noise of fear. When I was talking about those lily pads and my fear of water, my fear of like drowning, and not fear of water, but a fear of drowning because I don't know how to swim. And how it prevented me from even trying to run across those lily pads. Not even run, to even, even trying to climb across the lily pads. But when I got rid of that fear, man, I was just zoop, 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 running across. That's me running across the lily pads. Zoop, zoop. It ain't sound like that, but I don't know why it came out like that. It just is what it is. Um, but when fear is turned up so loud, man, all you think about is what's going to go wrong just is what it is it causes it's like the beginning of an anxiety attack if you suffer from from anxiety then you know what i'm talking about it's like the beginning of anxiety attack you you got that dose of fear that just keeps multiplying just keeps just keeps i think the word is metastasizing i don't know we're gonna back away from that but it just keeps multiplying and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and that noise of fear that is so loud has your mind your psyche thinking about literally or only thinking about what can go wrong that's why you haven't been on a flight yet that's why you don't do public speaking as much as you would like to that's why you never put that album out that's why you haven't finished the book yet because it can go wrong talking to myself sometimes it's a fear of failure too it's a fear of uh, the fear of embarrassment of it's funny because today is Halloween right this is the what fourth anniversary of the day that I got fired in Indianapolis and it was one of the reasons that I was apprehensive about getting into radio, even though there was actually nothing that I could do about it because I literally was born to do this. This is why I'm alive, to be on the radio. But I was apprehensive about it because I know how cutthroat the industry could be. 
And I honestly had a very uh, ingratiating uh, fear of being fired. The fear of being chewed up and spit out and forgotten about by a city. Not just a group of people, by a city. A fear, man, you know? It's a fear of publicly failing and the embarrassment that ties into that. And then after I got let go, the fear crept back in. You know, it was like people who were talking to me, like well, the people in my mind, <laughs> the people in my mind who were talking to me saying, hey, you know, you see what happens, man. Told you. Told you, man. You failed, bro. Everybody's seen it, too. That fear was so loud, man, that I I didn't want to get back on the radio. It took me forever to get back here. And that same fear still, you know, I, every single day, every single day, the people in my mind have to have a meeting about that fear and how to feed it for the day. And when I say feed it, I don't mean feed it so it, so it can grow. I treat it like the Babadook. Like you just put it in the basement, throw some food down there and you just learn how to live with it. Because <laughs> I feel like part of that is natural. There's just a natural, even if it's a little dose, natural dose of fear when you get on the roller coaster. There's a natural thought that, okay, this might be bad. <laughs> so even with the airplane, I'm saying with me and I love airplanes, this might be bad. Sometimes when I get in the car just to go from here to work, you know, this might be bad. Um, I don't think that it's about alleviating fear. I think that it's about uh, treating it like the Babadook. <laughs> I'm so glad I saw that movie. It changed my life, man. If you haven't seen the Babadook, go go see it. Like, and then you know what I mean. Sometimes it's not about getting rid of the monsters. Sometimes it's about hey, giving the monsters a place to lay their head <laughs> and be calm and leave me alone. Learn to be friends with it, you know? But that noise of fear, whether it's a fear of failure or fear of success, I suffer from that as well. You know, this is about life experiences, my personal life experiences. I suffer with a fear of success. What happens if this goes right? What happens if I do get the job? What happens if I do make the team? Then I gotta do my absolute best every day? What happens if the book actually does get bought by 10,000 people and it does actually become a national bestseller New York Times bestseller whatever are you telling me that that many people are going to read my words and, and critique it and be exposed to it then, then, then I got to do it again fear in general is a mind killer as uh, my chapter would say Gamma Kappa um, it's evil in the beginning but it can be trained fear is like a pit bull I'm not saying the pit bulls are all evil but they can be dangerous dogs <laughs> I think we all know that but they also can be trained 
and I mean they're my favorite dogs like even like because when you see them it's just like like you see a vicious looking pit bull big brolic joint and then it just do like something like cute or something it just be all up on you and you're just like oh this is my man right here it's my homie it's weird but I do think that we can look at fear like that like with the noise of fear I don't think you'll ever be able to mute that I just it's just not realistic to to mute that I've been on multiple stages plenty of stages I still get a little dose of fear in my in my gut butterflies is what they call it <laughs> I don't think it's about muting the noise of fear I do think that turning it down does have something to do with it so I would keep it at a low volume but I think that I would you know maybe move that speaker to another room <laughs> there you go just keep it in another room come in from time to time check on it know that it's there but don't let it take over the whole house because it will the zone man the zone I love it I love to think about it um putting your head down and just working it just it feels like making your own luck and um I was I just I felt good listening to Matthew McConaughey talk about that because he's an actor that I respect wholeheartedly he's an actor that has uh, been a part of a lot of my favorite movies and and I mean come on he's a Washington football team fan like that's that's my guy right there you know I love Matthew McConaughey and I really appreciate Lewis House for having him on the School of Greatness to talk about the zone and to talk about, you know, just reminding me how important it is, reminding us how important it is to just put your head down and just play 18 holes, baby. Play 18 holes and play at the top of your game uh, every day. Just do your best and let it grow organically. Just show up and show out. Everything else is going to fall into place. That's it. Take care of the distractions. It's funny. I'm reading um, the 1999 title from T.D. Jakes, who's on the back looking young as ever. Like, bro, I look, I said, who is that? Is that his son? <laughs> but no, nah, it's T.D. Jakes. It's just an old book. It's from 1999. I was nine years old when this book came out. But uh, it's called Maximize the Moment. I'm reading it in, uh, in the first chapter. You know, T.D. Jakes talks about those distractions and those things that, um, he, that we have to, as he says, we ha that we have to swat. Some of those things are like flies and like gnats just flying around you. And you have to identify them as such and then swat them and take them down. But if you swat at the wrong thing, you're wasting energy. You're wasting time. Identify the distractions and SWAT. Get in the zone. All right, still have uh, the crux of resentment coming up. Uh, I, I, I was hoping to kind of have that out by the weekend, but um, you know, it, it'll be at the top of the, this upcoming week for sure. The crux of resentment, how resentment, or how I found that in a lot of my um, faulty relationships, if you will, friendships, all of that. Um, there's there's resentment, there's resentment on you know one side or the other, 
and you know just tapping into that parallel i would love to tap into that uh on the next episode uh and then after that i want to talk about my goodbye instagram give you a little update of my social media experiences all right as always appreciate you for rocking with me appreciate you for tapping in hit me up on twitter at brian james live let me know what you listen to the episode i'll retweet you and shout you out and show you love and uh also i'd love to follow you too you know and we can just connect and be cool and be friends and all of that all right you can also hit up the website at brianswellive.com let me know if you need absolutely anything remember mute the noise and meet the zone don't go nowhere i'm coming to see you and y'all don't want no problems it's brian's world live